Broadcasting from the heart of Southern California in sunny San Diego. United by Base is proud to present an audio experience like no other. In a world where political correctness has run amok, we say go fuck yourself. Welcome to Real Talk with Rita, with your host MC Rita and Ghost MD. That's right, welcome, welcome. If you didn't know that, that is original Natsa, but in a different form. Shy FX Carnival Culture, Ragamuffet Sound Tape. Welcome to the first installment, first episode of Real Talk with Rita. I am your host, MC Rita. We are here live from San Diego, California, with something different, something new. Uh, I'd like to introduce my co-host, longtime friend, longtime stage manager for SD Union, everyone's favorite local asshole, Ghost MD. Ghost, how you doing, brother? I am going great. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> you, you know, Ghost, when we first... I have a beer mustache. <laughs> when we first talked about doing this, we, uh, I, I, there wasn't another person I thought about doing it with other than you, because I figured I could count on you for shenanigans and, and good times. Have some shit. Or... We will definitely have some shenanigans. Oh, that's not time for you, dude. Did vertigo. Get out of here. Ah. <laughs> Send it. Send it. So, uh, first, we want to say thank you for tuning in. Um, welcome to Real Talk with Rita. What we're going to be doing here is once a month, we're going to be having our good friends over to talk about everything to do with music, but not to do with music. Uh, kind of just have fun, give you guys a little pull back the curtain, a little enlightenment into some of the scene politics, some of the stuff we deal with, with, you know, the 20 plus years of experience that we have in the industry. Um, but right now we do ask you for patience as we find our voice in this, as we do something different that we've never done before. Uh, personally, I've never done a podcast uh, don't like doing interviews for the most part, but we'll do them. Thought this could be a good opportunity, but again, we do ask for your patience as we find our way through this. Um, the next thing we do want to ask you is to go to your streaming services wherever you listen to podcasts, and we want you to rate, review, and subscribe. And when you're done doing that, I want you to unsubscribe, and then I want you to resubscribe, rate, review again, because Apple likes to be tricked like that. Um, also, while you're leaving those reviews, feel free to tell us that we suck, tell us what you think would be better, uh, guests that you'd like us to have, topics that you'd like us to talk about, uh, but we will be reading all the reviews that come in live on the next episode. So, make sure to do that. Now, next, I want to introduce a man that, A, I hold dear to my heart. Uh, he has been a part of the electronic music scene in San Diego for 20 plus years. He's run a successful radio show on dmbtv.com, correct? Yeah, dmbtv.com is where I started. Uh, he is a member of SD Union United by Bass. He is 
an overall guy that we can count on to always be real, and I couldn't have thought of a better first guest to sit down with us and, and do this. So let me introduce our good friend Rebel Lion, Charles. How you doing? Hey, what's up, you guys? How's it going? Hey, hey guys. <laughs> welcome, welcome, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for Glad making the long, the, the long drive up to Fallbrook. Hey, dude, the traffic today. But still not as bad as L.A. Ah! <laughs> Got him! Uh, nothing. No traffic compares to L.A. Well, maybe New York. Yeah, uh, true. San Francisco. But you don't drive in those places. Yeah, yeah, you take uh, transportation, public transportation. I drove past New York once. <laughs> I flew over New York a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us uh, a little bit of your history, uh, how long you've been doing things here in San Diego, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself. All right, well, hi, my name is Charles. I'm about six foot, uh, 5'11 and three quarters without shoes on. Uh, let's see, I am, uh, I'm half Filipino, half Caucasian, born and raised in Japan, moved to San Diego, California, and overland, overall mainland life. Back in 91, when I was 15, uh, electronic music scene, primarily jungle, hardcore, all sorts of fun underground music since like about 96. Uh, started DJing in 2003, got my own internet radio show with my uh, co-host and co-founder Sean Liu. Uh, shout out to Frenic, uh, sorting us out with the time slot, and I did my internet radio show off and on. Uh, for a little over 13 plus years. So it's currently on hiatus. Thinking about bringing it back. Uh, we'll see here in the next few months what pops up. And uh, let's see what else. I've worked with a couple of uh, local small labels. I've uh, been a resident DJ from San Diego, but playing up in LA. Uh, I've played nationally. I have currently put international on my portfolio as well. When I played out in Bristol, and uh, yeah, did that with Garva, and uh, did that with Garva <laughs> and Evlo, and we did a uh, triple man back to back to back tag team set on a boat called the Fecla that Ben Soundscape does for his Intrigue recording nights. Nice, and uh, you know what an honor and what a great experience to play in front of a bunch of people that have no shame in singing the lyrics to all the songs. They love their liquid out there, sexy, mature vibes, you know, and it. If anything, it just taught me one thing, and that is, is uh, even still with all the time that I've been doing this, I still don't know shit, and I was my mind was getting blown, well, you know. Well, speaking of overseas, I know you just got back from uh, hospitality at the beach. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to that in a bit. First, I wanted to ask both you and Patrick one question to start off this whole series of podcasts. All right, shoot. Sure. And it's something that's serious, and I need uh, I need an answer to this question. And so I need both of you to respond to this. Ready? Is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, technically, right? It's got meat and bread and shit. Yeah, I think... There's f***ing vegetables on it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. I mean, it's, there's there's bread wrapped around it, right? Right. The bread is wrapped around it. I, I don't think that a sandwich constitutes for, like, slices of bread to be separated from each other. 
because it's still within bread. Okay. So, I mean, the hot dog is technically a patty. It's just, you know, long and encased and some nice shape like skin. a dong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, What's your favorite sandwich then? Ooh, the ham and my, cheese. He likes the ham and the I cheese. I just like ham and cheese. I'm not a big sandwich. I don't like a bunch of shit all over my sandwich. I just want some ham and some cheese and some lettuce and pickles and maybe some mayonnaise and shit. And that's it. Mm. I would have to say the Italian sub. Uh, go ahead and make it spicy. Pepperoncinis. You know, I don't care if the onions are raw. Uh, oil and vinegar. Pepper. No salt. Lots of mustard. Mustard's key. Yeah, lots of mustard. Are you a brown mustard guy? I do enjoy myself some brown mustard from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Dijon. Uh, the, the ground. Spicy mustard. I just hate mustard in general. Do you? I fucking hate mustard. We, uh... I, I've never met a lot of people who don't like mustard, but I know a lot of people who don't like mayonnaise, actually. I like mayonnaise, and I like ketchup, and I hate mustard. That's funny. I used to work with a chick at this, uh, this pizza joint a long time ago, and she literally, uh, if you would mention mayonnaise, she would gag. <laughs> like, it, it, like, made her so sick, and so... I remember one day she had pissed off the entire, uh, you know, staff and was just being a royal cunt. And we were all kind of moving in our separate ways in life at that time, too. <laughs> so I uh, took it upon myself to kind of send a message. And so what we did was we, uh, we took a jar of the mayonnaise that we had in the shop because we had made subs there as well. And I went up to her car and... She had the door handles that you had to kind of, like, put your hand underneath and pull up, you know? And so what I did is I filled all the door <laughs> handles with mayonnaise. And, uh, and so what we did, we ran back inside. We knew she was going to be done with her shift in, like, probably, like, 15 minutes. So we kind of did it on time. And so we were hiding, and we watched her come out. And I remember, I'm, literally, she uh, stuck her hand to go open her door. And she, all you hear is the f***ing. <laughs> funny, one time in my work, a guy took a shit on the floor. And I was like, the only friend I had at work had to clean it up. And the whole time she was cleaning it up, I kept going. <laughs> and she was gagging the whole f***ing time I was doing it. You know who's got it? Uh, well, it's it's a terrible, amazing story at the same time. Is, is Ronnie. Um, he used to work at the boathouse in Coronado. Uh, chart house then became boathouse. And I guess the captain uh, and his wife came in, you know, which is common for Coronado, you know, yeah. sailors, yada, yada, came in. And um, she had a little too much to drink. And so she went into the bathroom and no one knows how she pulled this off, but basically it looked as if she went to go throw up, but then had projectile mm -hmm. everywhere out the other end. <laughs> and it managed to get on the ceiling. It was like straight out of a movie, kind yeah. of like, you know, like where it's overly embellished, like it, it shouldn't have. Scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember Ronnie, he came home that like, cause we were all like, I think we were parting or something after and he came home and told that story and I was fucking crying dude and I was you know my main question was like did you have to clean that shit up yeah he's all yeah Had hey do you remember what year we threw get sexual at break by break oh man get sexual that was new year's 
2010. Was that 2010? I don't know, but if I could find out who took a shit on the floor of the bathroom that oh my night, God, that would be amazing. Right. I forgot about If you were at that. Get Sexual in 2010 and you took a shit on the floor, please call in. I just want to say you are a pioneer if you are the person that took a shit on that floor. No, you were getting Charles, were you at that party, really? Did you see that? No, no, no. I was not at that party. I knew of that party. Dude, oh, wait. I did. I think I was there. Oh, snap. Man, people did not like that I named that party Yo, Get Sexual. People actually, were I upset. I was there. Yeah, I was there. People were upset at me. They're like, how do you name the party get sexual? I'm like, because everyone's going to get sexual. It's for New Year's Eve. Yeah, well, do you know how hard it is to snort drugs when you smell a shit in the room? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I would, well, I would assume that that's probably pretty difficult. Yeah. I assume that would be pretty damn difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so Patrick I kind of went through this with uh, Charles before you got is there any time we find something really funny we're going to break out the uh, the good old Skrillex laugh <laughs> <laughs> so that's how he makes his tunes <laughs> This is Real Talk with Ridder on the United by Base Network. Moving forward, we are going to introduce a new game right now. Um, we have a little imaging for it, so let's get to it. Every song I download has to pass a series of rigorous tests to answer one simple question. Is it a banger? How many beats per minute? How many drops? How dope are the drops? Were any acoustic instruments used? If so, then it's not a banger. That is right. Is it a banger? Is it not a banger? We are going to introduce two tunes on either side from Ghost MD and Rebel Lion. They're going to play one tune that they think is a banger and one tune that they don't think is a banger. These two tunes will compete against each other. The winner will move on. <laughs> Patrick, introduce your first tune that you think is a banger. This is Gunston Something by Data 3 Remix. Uh, it's amazing. Everything about it has... Uh, it's got techie. It's soulful. It's beautiful. It's dark. It's hard. It's not too hard. And I love it, everything about it. Perfect. Let's listen. Is it a banger? 
Just so you know, uh, Data 3 consists of Harry Bryson from Polo and Bryson, Dan Hartley from Mita, and Alex Serum. Trio. Very good. Love it. Nice. Okay. Charles, Rebel Lion. Hey! What is your best tune? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It- so, so I picked out some, some oldie but goodie. Uh, it's uh, Buke's Finest, and it's called... Dick. I'm gonna put my dick in. Is it a banger? the two entries into the banger category for this month. You'll be able to vote on these two on the Twitter polls. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Next, let's get into... Let's get into it. The it worst. Is not a let's try it. It is not a banger. It is not a banger. It is not a banger. <clears throat> Patrick, what is your entry into... It is not a banger. <laughs> Mine is headaches. <laughs> Zombies. Um... Pretty much sounds like he just smashed his face all over the keyboard. All right, let's get to it. How many bad 
Like, I went through all the dogs on acids message boards. I went through all the drum and bass Rita message boards. I looked for everything. Worst trackball. There was so many votes, so many things, so many stuff I did. And then I finally settled on that one. I mean, it's not a bad entry. I'll well, be I wanted you. something literally that just like... 10 seconds after it started I wanted it to stop I wanted it to have that make it stop factor that just stop just well, stop it's definitely a good entry <laughs> but I do think Charles has something that might be able to compete with this so Charles introduce your so it's not a banger this is Hamo's song and this is the very elusive Mr. Happy <laughs> Trap Remix. <laughs> Without any further ado. It is not a banger. It is not a banger. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could go a lifetime without listening to this. It is not a banger. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so those are the entries into. It is not a banger. All right, so. (laughs) Make sure to go to the Twitter, follow it, go to the polls, vote on which you think is. Is it a banger? And what you think is... It is not a banger. <laughs> it is not a banger. Right. Neither of them were bangers. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, neither of them were bangers, but if I personally had a vote in this, I don't know. I, I, this, this is a tough one for me. <laughs> it's going to be an ugly night, no matter what. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to put my dick in. MC Ritter. <laughs> I'm going to put my dick in. And Ghost MD. Have you ever seen slow-mo guys on YouTube? (laughs) They have really uh, high-powered slow-mo cameras. Oh, yeah, and they, like, destroy things. do all kinds of stuff. I I thought you said, like, like, I thought I was picturing a guy who does, like, like, things in slow-mo, or, like, he goes and, like, you know, it's like... (laughs) No, they they blow stuff up, they do all kinds of stuff, but... I was sitting there and, and I was doing some whippets and I was watching the solo guys and they're talking about megapixels, megapixels, and it I instantly just thought while I was taking a hit of this nitrous that what you want to do is you want to wait till the megapixels go almost to black and then. <laughs> We want to get into a question with you, Charles. Okay. So, as a DJ, you've been DJing for how many years? Uh, it's 17 now. 17 now. Yeah. So, you've seen a big change in the industry and the scene in general in 17 years. I mean, I've basically been in the scene just as long as you, and I can say I have. But as a DJ, what would you say would be the biggest changes, and then more importantly, what on top of that, what do you think DJs are doing wrong now compared to what necessarily they might have been doing right back then? As a promoter, to give you an example, I can't tell you the last time someone actually walked up to me and handed me a mix or at least sent me a mix. 
It rarely happens. Yeah. And I'd like to hear it. I like mixes. Uh, you're you're more inclined to get a booking if you send me mixes or at least reach out. Absolutely. Let me know you're there. So, you know, what do you think are the biggest changes? And, you know, what do you think the modern day DJs are kind of doing wrong versus back then? Or do you think they're doing it right and the old school DJs were doing it wrong? Ooh, wow. What a loaded question. First off, I just want to say I'm thankful to be here tonight. Thank you very much. But no, jumping into the question about DJs and whatnot and what I've seen or even what I do. Uh, I would have to just go ahead and start off by saying, like, if you're if you're an older DJ like like me or this gentleman next to me, Ghost, I, I think you you don't really have anything to prove per se. Like, you don't have to go out there and like like kill it, kill it. Like, you know, you know your strengths. Uh, when you're a vet, you should understand how to read a crowd a little bit better. You know, it's not always about you, man. Like, you can give yourself. It during your time slot, but to be able to immerse yourself and to help create and build a vibe, and the vibe go, uh, starts from beginning to end, those are a little bit more like special and memorable nights, not just for like myself as a performer, but like the crew that booked you, the people in attendance, you know, like I, I, I think it resonates a, a, a little bit longer than the show that people go to and everybody's just trying to bang it the F out, you know? And uh, with that being said, yeah, how do people get booked, or how should people get booked? Well, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, to harp on that point, actually, is, yeah. uh, I, I, one suggestion I would, I would give up-and-coming DJs, or anyone who's trying to get booked out in the scene, is, is be versatile. Right. Don't center on one specific subgenre of any genre. That's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I like drum and bass is because I like all of the subgenres. Yeah. I can play the neuro. I can play some jungle. I can play some liquid. Yeah, but it's not even just that. You, all, but you that's both, what you, you need to do. If you want to be a DJ nowadays, you got to have your three a.m. music. You got to have your midnight music, and you got to have your nine a.m. music. And if your genre that you play is that, and that you can play all those genres from that, you'll probably be good. But if you pick a genre where all you can play is house and not deep house and not hard house and not anything. See, but I, I, no, to, to your point, you know, what I was going to say is I think DJs who not only play, you know, multiple subgenres within a genre, but can cross the border to another completely different genre in general, you know, i.e. going from drum and bass to house music. Not in one set, what I'm saying, but is just being versatile as a DJ in general. You know, we get we get asked all the time with SD Union to to play at from locals and from up and coming artists. And one thing we always often ask is, you know, do you play Liquid? And sometimes people are honest, sometimes they're not. And sometimes we get people that we find out of like diamonds in the rough, you know, because they come through and they play a Liquid set, they play a time accordingly set. And then they get to come back and play later, and I, I, that sounds terrible, but it's it's we want to set a specific vibe at our events. Well, okay, I'd like to chime in real quick. Mm -hmm. This makes all the sense in the world, though, because like, let's face it, if you're an up and comer or a newbie, and you've been to SD unions in the past, or you know what even the residents are about, dude, drop a liquid set for us, right? Show us that you know how to vibe or help create a vibe, because honestly, man, anybody can play bangers. 
we we I mean yep. I remember when I was first a DJ that like that goes back to what I was saying like trying to prove myself like yo I can play all the bangers or the <laughs> the B side bangers I think that we other all people did that. yeah we all did that because back oh, in shit. the day I mean, that, was, that okay. was like that aggression and that younger mentality and also junglist yeah mm -hmm. absolutely you got to make a statement right and then you get a little older you know and I'm the perfect example I played jungle and like tech step and hard step and anything angry and militant all of a sudden i i i said one day dude give me a whole bunch of liquid tunes let's see how easy or hard this is and i found it to be even harder than what i was playing so it became a challenge and it became humbling and then it became a learning experience and then it became a you know what i'm not always angry all the time <laughs> you know like sometimes i, I want to play some sexy stuff I didn't start playing liquid till I started eating a lot of ecstasy, and then <laughs> for real, like after I, before that, I just I was I wanted to be rough all the time, and then I started taking a lot of ecstasy, and I started just wanting to hear some more chill music. You're listening to Real Talk with Ridder. Keep it locked. Drum bass always had that. Like when I got into it back in you know late '90s, early 2000s. You know, it was super aggressive. You know, it was it was always that pots and pans, throw a fucking shoes in a dryer type shit. That and then a bunch of angry dudes standing in the back thinking that they can play the music better. It was always like arms yeah. crossers. You know, fucking angry jungles. But I, when I first experienced it, was I think it was ninety seven. Some no, it was when Audiotistic was at the Long Beach Convention Center. That was 2001. Yeah, I was wow. going to say that's 2001. 2001. Yeah, yeah, 2001. So that's when they had... Cubert uh, was doing uh, Wave Twisters the Live. the hip-hop room. The yep. hip-hop room. Remember when the hip-hop room was the biggest yeah, room Yeah, I rave, remember man? how it fucking lagged. And they had to do all the shit in between each act. And it took yeah. forever. And I think Cubert only ended up playing for like 15 minutes. De La Soul was there that night. And... But I mean that. I mean when we used to when I first started going to raves, that's they had two drum and bass rooms. Well, that was my point of my yeah, story. They had, they had like a LTJ's room. It was yeah. yeah it was the the future jazz room it, actually. And they had specific. Ed Rush and Optical. Yeah. See, and probably that more techie stuff in the other room. Well, it was it was funny because a good friend of mine, who I wouldn't even have pictured to be the one to introduce me to this, she grabs me and she's like, hey. You should come check out this other room and come see this with me. I think you'll really like this. And I think it was Conflict was on in the drum and bass room. And it was just like, I was like, all right, let's go check this out. Walk in. It's LTJ Bookham, MC Conrad. And I was just floored immediately. I had never heard anything like that in my life. And because this was before the internet shit. Well, that's I mean, funny that you, you even bring stuff. that up because, like, one of the first times, like, I had heard drum and bass a bunch of times, but, like, the first time I really was, like, trying to dig it was at Audiotistic, but it was at the Orange Show. Mm -hmm. And I was standing in line for the bathroom, and the concrete floor was just vibrating <laughs> under my feet. Like, it was, <laughs> like, I could feel it, like, rising up my leg. And after I went and took a Listen. piss, I went upstage, and I was like, who. Who is these guys? And I had the guy had a little neck badge, and he was like, this said Russian Optical. Oof, yeah. And so the next morning, I went into Champion Sound and bought my first tape off of Eric Yo. Eric Yo, I was going to ask you. He, he worked at uh, Champion Shout out to Sound. Eric. And I told him, hey, you know, I'm kind of starting to feel this drum and bass stuff. Like, what do you got? And he gave me a tape with rinse on one side and 3D on the other. 
And the rinse side was, was just, a little bit more jump up on yeah, just rinse on one side. God, it was called it was called Trailblazers Volume Three. I still remember the name, and it had like it? jump up, like jump up, chill, you know, like what stuff on this? one side. This was definitely either ninety eight or ninety nine. Okay, I think it might 99. have been ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, because ninety eight was the first. Um, audiotistic I went to and I'm pretty sure it was just the Damus warehouse at that point. To the Damus warehouse yeah, is like famous. It, it, there was, I don't think they Damus. really had much going on besides those two warehouses or that those two stages. My mind has been melted yeah. in that warehouse many, many and times. So the second time I went I think it was a little bit bigger of a party and um, I just remember the Ed Rush and Optical was like the first. The, the, the drum and bass room was it was not a comfortable place to be in the 90s when you no. were first started raving. You know, like, there was, like, gangsters and, like... Oh, that shit It looked was... like a rugged fucking room. It was not, like, a comfortable place to trip the fuck out when well, you were... Well, what was funny about it, it's, you know... And it sucks because it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the stigma of, of hip-hop and why it's not a part of the raves anymore because, unfortunately, you lost a lot of that... I mean... You lost a lot of that crowd when they stopped doing the big hip hop rooms. Because mm-hmm. I remember, I remember one of my favorite sets was Cubert and Money Mark when at at uh, Orange Show. That shit was insane. Uh, the first time I saw Money Mark was with Mixmaster Mike at Kane's. Oh, Kane! Dude, I love Money Mark, and like most people, don't really know who he is or ever had. I had Mark's keyboard repair. Oh, Mark! Money Mark was dope yeah, back in the day, man. That shit was that was tight. Organ over old eighties drum machine. You actually just touched on something, Canes, man. That that was the spot, dude. And that was like forty five psi days. Oh man, those were some shows. Charles, I think you, I think you, you were about to say something about uh, kind of as we were getting, sitting here getting nostalgic about our old rave days. And, no, for sure. Yeah, uh, I was, I was, I was listening. I, I might have been there, <laughs> more than likely. I was, well, I first off, I was going to say, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we were. You know, we're all young and whatnot. You know, young, dumb, full of cum. That's right, and, and camo, in UFO pants, and shell toes <laughs> with fat laces, tribal gear, you know. Triple five soul. Triple five soul. Yeah, yeah. I still got my vest. Caffeine. Uh, <laughs> visors with my spiky hair coming out the top. With, oh, you know, my God. Butt. Yeah, big hair, you, sunglasses. I, fuck uh, out of here. Dude, so, so stupid. Here. I was so douchey. I was a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, I think we all were, though. We were yeah. young. But, but, you know, like, one one thing for sure, I would t- I would typically be the only junglist, right, hanging out with, like, some Ray fam at a party. And it was funny because, like, what they would accept on the car ride for sure because they would either fall asleep or just, like, be in, like, a nice, like, groovy mood to listen to some, like, lo- uh, uh, logical progression sessions with LTJ Bookham, DRS, and Conrad. Oh, my God. Or I had old, like, DB mixes, you know, just, like, mm-hmm. stuff that was just, like, a little bit more mellow for a trip coming from, like, whether it's L.A., Orange County, or Temecula coming back home to San Diego, and it'd be, like, a, you know, I'm surrounded by house, trance, and hard, happy hardcore kids, and they're like, this stuff is cool. I'm like, of course it's f***ing cool. You know, like this is. Some Do you guys shit. remember the first track that you fell in love with? Oh, dude, I can I can tell <laughs> you. I, I honestly, I, 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 see, I earlier said that I don't like doing interviews, but in yeah. every single f- 
an interview I've ever done. I, I specifically remembered it. It's I say the same thing in every interview. It was when I first heard drum and bass, and it was. Do you remember what song it was? Yeah, I can was the brown paper bag? No, not at no. all. Actually, and what's funny is it's jump up, but like original jump. Is up. it Man of Steel? Yeah, it, <laughs> I knew it. No, hold on. no, 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 no. But it's even better than that because I, I was in reggae bands and I was in yeah. I was I was an MC or like I was a singer in reggae bands and. I told this DJ when he he's like, "Hey man, you sing really fast. You strike drum bass and like, that raver acid bullshit." Mm. Like, you know, I was like, "I get out of here with that," you know. Like, yeah, yeah. And then literally two days later, I'm like, a, what sophomore in high school, and someone's listening to this music. I'm like, what, what's that, dude? He's like, "Oh, this is drum and bass." I'm like, "This is drum and bass," and it was uh, Kenny Ken, Hypa D, mm-hmm. original Hypa D, R.I.P. And it was. Man of Steel into original Warhead. Yeah, it was Man of Steel. Yeah, but I mean, come on. That was one of the first tunes I ever heard. But I was, I was, uh, I was like a punk rock kid, and I was, I was hanging out a lot downtown. And I met the skater guy, and he started taking me to parties, and I started living in his house. And I was into hip hop, but I didn't really like electronic music because most of what I heard was just really repetitive. Bam, bam, you know. Yeah, and that's the same problem I so had. That's the same. W- exact when he played me "Brown Paper Bag," I was like, you know, I, I fucking love this. You know, it's got, dude. Still to this day, any like DMB, Jump Up, Jungle, anything you put, if you put a stand up bass on it, like I'm all about it. I love stand up bass and in that I love that sound. I used to piss off everyone in the Coronado bars. Because brown paper bag could be found on the jukeboxes. <laughs> jukebox? Oh, yeah, dude. man. And, like, I would put that shit on, like, repetitively while they're going through all of, like, I mean, this is, like, you know, Coronado bars are, like, yeah. they're, they're military bars. So Me and my country music. And so, like, you got brown paper bag being thrown into, like, all these, you know, all these, like, hardcore country songs. And I was like, you know, boom, boom. Yeah, me and my homies used to go to the like white trash bars and put five dollars in the jukebox and play uh, Ace of Base like fifteen times in a row just to bother anybody around because there wasn't nothing in that jukebox that we were gonna really dig. So, (laughs) so so when it came to like electronic music in general, I I could go all the way back to when I was uh, living in Japan and I was collecting music in like sixth grade. Uh, one of my last cassette singles moving to the States was uh, this hardcore, happy hardcore tune called Sesame Street. And it was like a Sesame, the Sesame Street theme song, but that happy hardcore style, right? Yeah. I mean, I was already into weird stuff, man. Like, I have uh, on cassette tape, like, uh, uh, Chunky A, which is Arsenio Hall's, like, alter alias as a rapper. And he put out an album as Chunky A back in the day. Chunky A yeah, back in the day, yeah. yeah. And then uh, shortly after, when Two Live Crews were not as nasty as they want to be, there was this like mock troll cassette that came out called Two Live Juice, and they just did a play on words with all the Two Live Crew tunes, you know? I don't anyhow, think, I don't think you can do forward. that in 2019, right? Exactly. So, anyhow, <laughs> fast forward, and uh, remember MTV Amp? I have both Volume 1 and 2 when they put out the CDs. Oh. And see, for me, I was watching lots of videos and stuff. So, as much as Brown Paper Bag was cool, a video that came up before that one was Fotech's Ni Tenichi Ryu. Well, Fotech, yeah. <laughs> and Fotech was like way ahead of his time, because if you think about it, well, okay, first off, I put out a mix called, uh, on the Upgrade Volume Mix Series, and I started with Ni Tenichi Ryu. Just, that was like my ode to Fotech, because like, mm-hmm. that was one of the earlier tunes, for sure, that got kind of got me like sucked in. And then another thing, too, is uh, I did work at Sam Goody's, and so I kind of had the upper hand oh, once really? I came across the electronica wow. section. 
right? For people who don't know out like, there, Sam Goodies is... <laughs> so Sam Goodies is kind of like Tower Records, but just not as and cool. And Tower Records is... <laughs> and Tower Records, you know, vinyl, CDs. So we're bought my first it's CDs. It's like, where we used to uh, buy music. Buy yeah. my first records. I bought a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, so I was in charge of the electronica section just because I, I, I loved the electronic music already and everybody was kind of like, nah, electronica see, music. See, and I'm like, nah, I'll take the reins on that. That's why so, I would have never found drum and bass yeah. if no one introduced it to me because <laughs> it, like walking through Tower Records yeah. and walking through all the record stores as oh, a kid, yeah. like I saw the word electronica right. and all I thought was like the movie Hackers. Right. You know, like trance and yeah. like that type of stuff. Like, it didn't, it didn't pique my interest, you know, because I was a reggae kid. I was like, like in hip hop and reggae. So well, during the day, I've always, I've always thought that was funny. Like, depending on what style of drum and bass you listen to, it probably depends on where you came from. Of course, like if you listen to neuro, you're probably a metalhead. Like when I met, if you came from reggae, you're into raga yeah. or liquid. Yeah, you know, like hip hop, well, liquid, think, jump everyone, up. I think everyone grows into liquid. That's the truth of it. Because I think everyone, it's everyone matures into. You get old, you get lazy, and you can't dance in neuro anymore. And you no, need some liquid to chill some, and bump to throw some bows with some f-ing people. Out so there. shout out to Napster, right? Because like with Napster, I felt like I was at that cusp of already having such a huge hip hop collection, and I wanted to hear reggae, and I didn't want to hear Bob Marley anymore. So mm-hmm. I started going down that path of like, well, who's who in reggae, and I stumbled across Congo Natty, which got me into Tower Records. That was the first and then I, I ever heard. Uh, massive Breakbeats, which mm-hmm. was this like shiny tinfoil type uh, casing. You know, and Massive Breakbeats was kind of like what opened Pandora's box because from there I went back and found like the Kings of the Jungle Volume 1 and 2. And then I just started going to the electronics, electronica section like at Tower, Sam Goodies, and I just started buying up stuff. I started going online. I started realizing, oh, I could go to these magazines at Tower Records and read about like Toronto jungle culture. You know, and things of that sort. You know, the old AWOL parties and things like that. So, DJ Heritage. Yeah, but you had to really go out of your way to find, like, inf- oh, absolutely. information you had to, like this. You had to search. You yeah, had you to, didn't have the man. internet it was like, just, like, doing everything for you just yet. Oh, the God. internet was still in its super infancy form to where it might give you a little bit of stuff, like, through Napster. You know, you get mm-hmm. all of Congo Natty's catalog, and you're like, but there has to be more artists than just Congo Natty. Well, you know, I, went to, <laughs> I went to a party one night. And I was standing in line at the Master Dome out in front, and I heard... The Master Dome. I heard this sound coming from the the outside area out back, and as soon as I paid and got in and f***ing went out back, I was hearing this, and I was like, what the f*** is this? And I asked somebody, and it was DJ Heretic, and he was playing Top Cat, and then I found Top Cat, and I really loved Top Cat, and I really loved Raga at the time. Is when we had Heretic come out to Night Vision for my birthday. And, I remember that, yeah. Um, we gave him money, and he gave us, like, half of it back. And I was like, dude, I just need gas. Thanks a lot. And I was like, you know, man, this is <laughs> a really f***ing dope night for me. It's my birthday. I, I wanted to have you here because you're one of the first people I ever heard to make this kind of sound, and I loved it. It's kind of... The, that dude, DJ Heretic, definitely uh, was a Heretic's big influence. A He's a long time, He was long definitely time. a big influence on me, and I I just wanted to say that. Getting sentimental over here? Maybe a little bit to the people who really f***ing mattered. You know what? 
I grew up in a time where damn this show just where 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 breakbeats were big. We took we took a turn here, man. We house just, music yeah. was big, techno was big, jungle was big. How like did we everything turn into the was old guys harping about back in our daytime. Man. I don't know, but that's all I have to say. Thanks <laughs> to is the era in which I came up had all these influence. You know, like breakbeats were big, Crystal Method was big, Fatboy Slim was big, Daft Punk was big. Like, there was house music, there was breaks, there was f***ing jungle, there was all this shit, there was hip-hop, there was reggae, there was people throwing all these different f***ing sounds into this music, and, like, that's why I feel like, uh, I, 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 I play a lot of different music, and I've been given a pass to do so. Like, I don't really get shit on by a lot of people for playing all kinds of different stuff. And I think that had a lot to do with the time and era in which I came up. And that's why it's so important to me to be so multi-genre. MC Ritter. They're like, how do you name Corey to get sexual? I'm like, cause everyone's gonna get sexual. It's for New Year's Eve. And Ghost MD. Yeah, well, do you know how hard it is to snort drugs when you smell a shit in the room? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I would, well, I would assume that that's probably pretty difficult. I assume that would be pretty damn difficult. Welcome yeah. to Real Talk with Rita. We're going to switch gears here. It's something I wanted to introduce. So a question that I have for both of you, uh, and I can start off with mine if you guys want, but what is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you on stage? I got this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. If, I'm not sure if you've got this. No, I got this. Because so you're gonna go up against something, and I'm gonna introduce something in a bit. But I want to hear what you have. I have the most embarrassing thing ever happened to me. So one night, I was playing at the uh, World Beat Center. Was this for a screen party? No, it was like five or six deep into that shit. But there's like two thousand people out in front of me, and I'm having a good old time, and my headphone cord. Slap the crossfader into nothing. Uh, so it went from full music to... To nothing. Nothing. And I look down and I realize that it's my fault. And so... Oh, that's such a terrible feeling. I pulled the channel fader down. I put the crossfader over and then I slowly... Brought that music back up during the breakdown, which I skipped to. And... <laughs> And so, like, it didn't seem like this horrible thing that was totally my fault. And yeah, that that was pretty rough, dude. I mean, there was there was there was a lot of people staring at me. Yeah, I know. I get you, dude. So I just like kind of looked over at the sound guy, like it was his fault, and nobody blamed him. See, and that's, was that's something you can always do as a DJ. Um, I, I, I'll go real quick, and then I'll, I'll let you go. For me, it's it's because. I operate with my vo my voice, mm -hmm. and so anytime I'm I'm on stage, I'm I'm doing something with my voice. So it, it's funny because I've it's a it's kind of like a collective of the most embarrassing things I've ever done because <laughs> multiple times have I been on a microphone in Los Angeles and said San Diego and been in San Diego and said Los Angeles. I mean, multiple times. I can't even. I yeah, because I mean, there were those days where I play at you know i love la on a sunday afternoon and then drive straight to liquid sundays in san diego you know and after 12 hours of you know day drinking and then you get into the whiskey with frank down at the red sea you know 
it's all downhill from there. So, uh, but yeah, it, shout out to Frizz, by the way. Yeah, Frizz and the yeah. baby and the, and the lady. You uh, bastard. Frizz. Um, yeah, for me, it would be saying the wrong city, and yeah. yeah, that would be that would be for me. Yeah, you, Charles. <laughs> I'm not gonna name the party, but there was this one time where, and, and this is why. I know I've said this to you, rushing to Sea Lounge back in the day. Maybe, yeah, definitely Sea Lounge. At least once I've rushed to you going, yo, dude, I just need to put my stuff down. I know I got to play soon, but I got to take a massive shit before I go on stage and play. <laughs> so with that being said, the worst place to take a shit, I mean, Sea Lounge is up there, but I think Kadan's bathroom is worse. Oh, they're, okay? yeah, they're definitely competing. And, and, and uh, Well, anyhow, back to the story, though. So I played this party. It was not in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, so it was up north. It was like in Orange County or L.A. And I really needed to take a dump. It was a jungle party. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, playing some rough shit or whatever. And there's people that are, like, trying to talk on the mic or whatever. I think it was like a church Sunday. So I'll, I'll just flat out say it. And I just remember <laughs> just, like, I'm farting and shit. My stomach is starting to pinch me. And, and like, yo, I got to let some shit rip. That's funny. You know, and I just remember, like, I'm like, you know what? F it. I'm playing. Ain't nobody back here. Of course, when I say that, I'm not going to name the MCs, though, but everyone's, like, coming up to grab the mic now to say some shit. And it was, like, straight up, first MC coming up, he goes, oh, damn, what's that? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. And I felt so bad because, like, the MCs now are, like, smiling. Literally calling you out on the microphone, dude. Not out, out, but there were moments where it would be like, yeah, man, it's, it's dangerous back there. You know, and we're not talking about the music either. You know, that's, shit like that. That's and I mean, crazy. And I'm like laughing, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, I really need to just like take care of my bowel movements. Yeah, before I, stepping I'll be honest stage. with you. I've, I've I mean, kind of had this. You know? I've had that same experience <laughs> yeah, on stage, dude, where like, you know, I might have eaten the wrong food on my way up to LA. Yeah. You're listening to Real Talk with Rida. Keep it locked. I'm back with Ghost MD and Rebel Lion, and we're talking about the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to us on stage. On the screen, we have a video, but the audio is just as great, that's why I'm bringing this to the table, because I think it's one of the best fails on stage. And I've gotten permission from the person who this happened to, who is a good friend of mine. It is Dip Vertigo from Los Angeles, and this was on his, I think, 30th birthday. He threw a big party, and uh, he was doing a specific intro for Jay Rabbit, dubstep DJ. And hands down, it's one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. Unfortunately, we're not going to really get dip in tonight to talk about it, but uh, he did give us permission for this, just so you know. No! This is one of the biggest f***ing dubstep artists in the f***ing world! <laughs> so what you can't see is the first thud that you hear is actually Dip's head hitting the ground, which is, <laughs> which it, it is one of the best sounds ever. And I think we we've managed to single it out with. Yeah, that's a German bass thing waiting to happen, bro. <laughs> that is Dip. Hey. Hey. 
No, you can hear it. You can hear it literally in his voice. Uh, right when it, I think when he starts with this. This is one of the biggest fucking dumpster bars in the fucking world. <laughs> Sounds drunk. This is one of the biggest fucking dumpster bars in the fucking world. Biggest fucking dubstep artists in the world. We, we hear you. Hey, Stop. Hey, we get it. Hey. <laughs> this is one of the biggest fucking dumpster bars in the fucking world. <laughs> I need to hear the J Rabbit part. That was the See, that's the J Rabbit part. Rabbit. No, seriously, because it's you can hear him scream the life out of himself. And so, like, this video is on YouTube. He tried to get this onto uh, Tosh.0 when he first happened. This happened years and years ago. This is great. And shout out to Dip. Uh, you just had your first child. And I just want to say big up. Yeah. Big up. Yeah, congratulations, Dip. man. I I love you, man. Hey! I get it, dude. Hey! Yeah, no, for sure. Hey! We get it, dude. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, get yeah. it. <laughs> 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 so you know, let's get to the jam rap next. You can literally hear him screaming. Hey, there it is. You know what's funny? You don't even have to hear the audio. You know oh, yeah, where look, to start the video because of him falling. Dude, the, the best part is when his head hits, you can see balloons in the background actually move. Yeah. See him right there? Yeah. <laughs> We're doing this on YouTube, so you can find this video, and actually, we'll share the link on on our Twitter page. Here we go. Ready for Jay Rabbit? For Jay Rabbit! <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Jay Rabbit just goes right into it, no problem too. He just starts, he doesn't go to the right <laughs> goes, Well, there it is. <laughs> that was my intro, it's time to go. And then, and then all the people rushing on stage to pick him up. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my goodness, shout out to Div Vertigo. Yeah, for sure, shout out to you, Big O's man. Hey! I know, dude, we love yeah, you, dude. Is, no, for sure. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so good thank you Dip for letting us share that uh, so yeah again you can check that out on, on our Twitter page I'm gonna put my dick in MC Ritter <laughs> I'm gonna put my dick and Ghost MD let's play knife to your throat in this segment, you are given two choices. You have to choose one or the other. It is called knife to your throat. Okay. You are not allowed to say nothing. So, with that said, let's get into it. Shizzles. So, Charles. Yes. Here we go. Yes, Rambai. I am ready. For ramen. Audio jungle. Ramen. Burrito or taco? Taco. Jungle or DMB? Jungle. LSD or Molly? Audio jungle. LSD. Football or baseball? Football. Vinyl or digital? Oh! As a collector, we're not vinyl. As a DJ, digital. Digital, yeah. House or techno? Techno. Vodka or tequila? Vodka. Top or bottom? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry or grape jelly? Grape jelly. 
That's Mexican food in San Diego. Oh! Oh! Sit down, stop. No, I must remind you, this is quick. Best Mexican food in SD. Okay, sit down, stop. No, Garcia. just go. Garcia's. Garcia's. Sync button. And that just has two question marks. <laughs> well, let's add another two question marks. All right, all right. Okay. <laughs> and that sums up the first installment. Of rapid fire with Rebel Lion. This is Real Talk with Rida on the United by Base Network. We want to thank each and every single one of y'all for listening, tuning in, uh, streaming it from wherever you're streaming it from. If you're listening on an iPhone or an Android, I really don't care. I want you to head on over to wherever you're listening to this, and I want you to rate, I want you to give it five stars, and I want you to subscribe, then I want you to unsubscribe, rate, and review once again. Uh, it's the UBB Network, and this is Real Talk with Rita. Now, what we also want you to do is we want you to leave comments in those reviews uh, with suggestions for future episodes of guests that you'd like to have us have on, uh, questions, games. Uh, you can tell us we suck. We'll read it live on the next uh, installment. Um, with that said, I want to thank Rebel Lion for coming all the way out to Fallbrook to sit down and just complete bullshit with me. This was terrible, and I'm sorry to waste your time on this. This is the best bullshittery I've ever been a part of. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one, but okay. You know. I love you. Uh, is your body ready? My body is ready for the 23rd. <laughs> that is right. Uh, Ghost, thank you for coming all the way out here as well. I'm looking forward to you know, this project and growing it with you. So fucking good. I can't do more. I, I've been looking forward to this for months. I am a little nervous. No, me, me too. Uh, we've never done anything like this, but no. with that said, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. This was Real Talk with Retta episode one. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All the links will be within the descriptions on your streaming services. Uh, vote on the polls vote on the is it a banger is it not a banger it's a banger is it not a banger that was my favorite segment yes definitely yeah. uh, uh, but yeah shout out to everyone listening and uh, big up Dip Vertigo once again for letting us have fun with that uh, we love you we love J-Rabbit oh J-Rabbit J-Rabbit <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk with Ridder with your hosts MC Ridder and Ghost MD.